Alrighty. Are you guys pumped? I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. I've got to pump myself up before I do these because I'm not really like a podcaster. I'm definitely more, you know, a writer, but I'm creating content and content is good. I'm creating content and content is good. I found myself chanting that to myself uh, yesterday, you know, pumping myself up when I was doing all these new things that I'm doing. And uh, I just, I don't know, I didn't know how to feel about it after I said it, because I'm like, am I falling into that capitalist trap of, you know, trying to monetize every waking moment of my life? But then again, if I had any other kind of job, that's pretty much what they'd want to do is monetize every waking moment of my life. So if I'm monetizing every waking moment of my life, but I'm monetizing doing what I like to do, then isn't that the dream? Isn't that really the dream. So I'm creating content that I want to create and content that I want to create is good, I hope. Uh, but that's what we're doing today. And you, you wouldn't think I'd have to get myself pumped up because like these are, I'm reading blogs that I've already written. Uh, you can find them at sashakio.com. Uh, that's a weird way to put a plug in there, but uh, I'm reading things that I've already written and I'm still so performance nervous, you know, like I don't know what could happen as if I'm not going to edit this myself later. So uh, here we are. This is Supernatural Movie Machine. I am your host, Sasha Keo. You can find way more content at SashaKeo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Keo and follow me on Instagram at Sasha.Keo. Today we are reviewing Creature Feature Blood Red Sky, aka Vamps on a Plane. I will say, before I get into this one, this is just the third movie that I've reviewed so far. And already there are these things that are very common occurrences. Um, like in this one, there's like teeth stuff, which I hate because it's like, you know, all that anxiety, like when you have teeth falling out nightmares. So there's teeth stuff in this movie, Blood Red Sky, as there was in Wildling. Uh, between Wildling and Splice, there was like that weird, like, I don't know, little girl to teenager attraction thing. Don't like that. Then there's like toxic motherhood as a subject, which we'll get to in this one, but is very evident in Splice. And that's what's great about Supernatural movies. I mean, there are going to be these common nightmarish themes. It's just interesting. When I was reading through this blog, I was like, oh, wow, that's already overlapping kind of a lot with the other blogs that I've written, or maybe I'm just attracted to a certain kind of movie and it's just like for weirdos. That could also, man, that could also be it. It's like I chose these movies and they have all this weird stuff in them. All right, I'm going to upend my current review structure where normally I would go through the movie and at the end kind of tell you like what I thought about it. I'm gonna upend it because rules are made to be broken. So let's begin with my overall feelings about Blood Red Sky. I don't like it. It's not a bad movie. It's not even really unlikable enough to rag on and not silly enough to make fun of. It's a decent movie, but I just don't like it. There are several reasons as to why, but there's one main reason. You can't just like frame a pit bull for murder and expect me to root for you. But before I get too deep into spoilers, let's get the procedural stuff out of the way. Here's the official synopsis. 
When a group of terrorists hijack an overnight transatlantic flight, a mysteriously ill woman must unleash a monstrous secret to protect her young son. There are a lot of S's in that, by the way, I want to say. When you're trying to say all that into a microphone, really sucks. This premise is as straightforward as a premise can be. A single mother struggling with an addiction is flying with her son to a treatment center when their airplane is hijacked, which sends her into withdrawal. Withdrawal. Do I have a southern drawl? It's withdrawal. My god. Anyway, which sends her into withdrawal with deadly consequences to everyone around her. The metaphor. Option one. This is a super low-hanging fruit metaphor for addiction. If you take the mother as the protagonist of the story, I will address this weird caveat in a second. Don't worry. Her son describes her as having an illness. She takes medication to suppress an unbearable urge, which she shoots up in the airport just to be able to get through the flight. We see in a flashback that she's like left her toddler alone in an apartment for hours on end while she's been out scrounging to satisfy her addiction. We get the picture of a mother who's doing her best to cope in the wake of her husband's sudden and tragic death. When she returns to the place where her husband was murdered, where she became infected, we are better able to see the dank, secluded cabin littered with signs of addiction. There are no answers for us there other than that the addiction needs to be eradicated. She faces herself in the mirror and decides that she will not be a monster, hence the removal of her eye teeth, which, not gonna lie, made me squeal because I hate me some teeth stuff in movies. When she does later relapse into her addiction, it's to the detriment of literally everyone around her. I mean, no one makes it out unharmed. Blood Red Sky frames it in such a way that she's practically forced to embrace her addiction in order to survive. But I cannot stress enough the thoroughness of the unintended collateral damage. Literally everyone is harmed by this. I do think that we're supposed to take it as, well, these people were going to die a pointless death in a terrorist attack anyway. But I think that just goes to highlight the selfish tunnel vision of addiction. In this case, the addiction takes the passenger seat to this mother's desire to keep her son safe. She will let everyone around them suffer and die. She will take as many lives as she has to. She'll even sacrifice herself so that her son is safe. While this parental instinct is usually easy to frame as admirable, I think Blood Red Sky has managed to use it in an insistent, terrifying way that mirrors the addiction more than it does a mother's love for her child. So while I'm not too keen on the idea that it was her addiction that allowed her to save her son in the end by giving her the strength and endurance to make it through the most harrowing moments of her life, I get why they did it if this is the metaphor they're going for. By the end of Blood Red Sky, her addiction has ruined the lives of everyone around her, and she succumbs to its muddled depths to the point where she no longer recognizes her own son. Then for the metaphor, there's option two, illness. At this point in our medical capabilities as a society, I think it's hard for any one of us to see a woman with her head completely hairless and not think cancer. Like the addiction signifiers, the metaphor for illness can be basically interchangeable here. 
except that it's more along the lines of Annihilation's bare interpretation of cancer, that an illness can destroy someone so completely that by the end, all that's left of them, all that is passed on to live in memory, is a tragic misrepresentation of who they were, unrecognizable and not even cognizant of their previous relationships or desires. They are so lost to their illness. Then there's option three, a mother's toxic, overbearing love. This may be a bit of a reach, but if we're not reaching, what are we doing? Settling for the low-hanging fruit only? What if the protagonist isn't the mother? Although the camera follows the mother around and we see what she sees, all of this is framed as the boy remembering what happened. The story is bookended with him, so if this is his story, why is all of the attention, all of the drama surrounding the mother? because that's what narcissists are like. Here's the thing, you can't just frame a pit bull for murder and expect me to root for you. Bloodthirsty mommy drops herself down into the cargo hold after being shot. We hear dogs barking. The dread sets in because you know what that means. There's a pit bull in one cage and a Yorkie in another. For a moment, it seems like it was just a, just kidding, we're not gonna go there, tease. Then, nope, she cracks open that Yorkie like a Capri Sun and laps the blood from the floor. Not even all of the blood, I guess just enough to make it until one of the hijackers comes down. She's then able to crush his throat and take her fill. When a different hijacker comes down to check on his buddy, it's shown that the pit bull has been let out of his cage. So we have tiny dead Yorkie, big dead guy, and a non-aggressive, not barking pit bull looking sweetly up at the hijacker. Two gunshots ring out. So what the fuck is up with that? It would have worked as symbolism for her transformation had they just had her down there with the dogs, freaking them out. Then she could have bitten the first hijacker and played it out the same way. Hell, if they wanted a dead dog so bad, they could have released the pit bull and had one of the hijackers shoot it so that it remains clear who the bad guy is. But I think this is a movie about a bad guy in a group of worse guys. This mommy is no good. I think that our main protagonist and hero is the little boy. Blood Red Sky presents us with a child, Elias, who is smart and slightly more mature than his years, not because he's self-sufficient, but because he has a dependent. While the movie insists that the narrative is that of a mother protecting her son, what we see is a son doing his best to keep his mother together. And the fact that she's shot to death to protect her son, bravo. That's the murder complex that narcissist parents love to take on. Giveth me my crown of thorns for how I am willing to suffer for you. Elias is consistently punished for any actions he takes to preserve himself and his mother. He's not allowed any agency beyond what his mother tells him to do for her. Go to the airport alone and check out our bags? Fine. But let him speak to a stranger in the waiting area? She clutches him so tightly that you think he was in danger from anyone else but her at that point. She constantly reassures him that she's going to get better, but during the transition phase, she can't help but revert back to her core self, a life force-sucking monster. 
Anyone who has ever had to deal with these types of people will understand. And if you haven't, please continue to live your life in the sunshine and stay away from those that thrive in the shadows of humanity. Because although this mother can put on a good face, within, she is a monster. Blood Red Sky is a monster movie about a boy witnessing his overly dependent mother completely unravel. It's not a question that she loves him, but rather that her love is so toxic as to cause destruction and chaos to the world around him. When faced with a threat, she practically self-destructs. Ultimately, the story is concluded when Elias sees that in order to save himself, he has to cut all ties with his monstrous mother. Over the ordeal, he has found a parental figure in Farud. He has developed some agency that allows him to make decisions for himself. There is guilt involved with this kind of relationship. It's the basis for it. But we can agree that Elias will be much better off without his mother. This is Elias's story about how he was forced to sever ties with his mother who, in the absence of a parental partner, focused all of her forceful attention on her son. In the end, the final sacrifice wasn't hers to make, it was Elias's. Honestly, I think this is a deeper read than anyone has done or will do of Blood Red Sky. It works for me uh, because I can't make a dog killer into someone I would want to succeed. I understand the medical condition of addiction, I understand the horrors of illness, but I wouldn't be able to excuse dog killing behavior in like anyone. When Rocco accidentally splattered the cat in Boondock Saints. Rocco! What? Where's my cat? I killed your cat, you druggy bitch. God. What? Why? I felt it would bring closure to our relationship. You subconsciously knew that it would just be a matter of time before he got his. Because it's not how you establish a good guy. So in my eyes, this mother isn't as good as she thinks she is, and she obviously doesn't give a damn about what anyone else thinks about how she's raising her son. Wouldn't it have been better for him to stay with a friend while she was leaving to get this treatment? Shouldn't this bright young boy be in school? Does he even have friends? Is he allowed to? Or does she isolate him? Keep him to herself because of her own insecurities? Does she cling to him because she doesn't want him to leave her ever? If she has already identified herself as the biggest threat in his life, why hasn't she done anything to let him have a life away from her? There is something secretly sinister about her dependency that has nothing to do with her fangs. In any case, enough is enough. there's too many motherfucking vamps on this motherfucking plane. I wouldn't watch it again. So that is my take on Netflix's Blood Red Sky. What did you think? Were you able to just sit back and enjoy because maybe it was just one of those brain shut them off movies, bite them up, shoot them up, blow them up? Fine. That could totally also be the case. Uh, but if you loved it, if you hated it, if you agreed, if you disagreed, if you wanted to rant with me, you can always drop by SashaKeo.com. You will find this as a blog post under the review section. You can tweet me at Sasha underscore Kehoe. You can follow me on Instagram at Sasha.Keo. I'm an indie author. I write urban fantasy, so that's sex, blood, magic, fighting, and all that good stuff. Hit me up if you want to chat. Email me. Whatever. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the whole thing. This is Supernatural Movie Machine. I am Sasha Keo, and I will catch you later.